0: Hi, friends. So I am so excited for today's episode because it is the recording of the live podcast that I hosted at Soho House. Um, in editing this back, I realized that the beginning it's just a little bit fuzzy because people were not in their element yet. We were a little bit quiet and don't worry, it gets better as you listen. So so you know who you're listening to. I just wanted to jump on here quickly and kind of let you know So first of all, um, Chris Jones is on here, who you know from previous episodes, one of my best friends, um, host of Double Take on Facebook Watch. He's a hypnotist. He hypnotized him Mandel in America's Got Talent. We also have on here revealing soul founder and medium, Cindy Luffred, one of my close friends, overall amazing human, um, brings a lot of joy to people's lives. We also have stylist and endometriosis warrior, Courtney Thalgott. and then uh, Kelsey Mazeski, who you may know as the Intuitive Swan, a former consultant turned health and wellness guru. So, yeah, I think that this is a really good episode. You're going to get a lot of different perspectives on a lot of different topics everything from illness to relationships to work to um, manifesting what you want and being mindful um, yeah, this is a really, really exciting one that I have been looking forward to since I started writing the conversation guide for this and kind of conceptualizing this. So yeah, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And now I will let us jump back into the live version. So hello friends and welcome to In the Limelight Live. I am so excited to be here today because I remember when I got asked to join Soho House, I was like 20 years old, and when you're 20 years old, you don't really know that there's a lot more to life than joining Soho House, so I was like 20 and I got the invitation and literally thought I was the shit, um, which now I know I am not, but that's okay. So this feels really cool to be up here, especially with um, people that like now I'm genuinely very, very close with, um, that I admire a lot. So, for the few people that don't know me, my name is Allie, and I used to run a PR firm here in Chicago. And then, so I started my firm very, very young, um, around 20 years old. And then I got very, very sick, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. So at this point, I was essentially bedridden with no answers at like 21 years old. Um, and then I started losing my memory and eventually a doctor at Northwestern helped me um, and I finally got diagnosed with Lyme disease and multiple tick-borne infections. That's my exciting life. Um, And while it's been obviously a life-changing, like horrible experience that I'm still dealing with, it really helped me find my true passion in helping others um, with fundraising and advocacy. So, over the past two years, since getting diagnosed, I had to take a massive step back from work, um, and I've dedicated most of my time to fundraising for a nonprofit called Global Lyme Alliance. So, in the past two years, I've raised about three hundred fifty thousand dollars for them, which feels very, very rewarding. Um, so yeah, that's what that's about me. That's what I do. Um, And I think people don't realize that like something like Lyme disease can happen to anyone or like any chronic illness or mental health issue. So yeah, I went to Northern Michigan one time and came back with this. So that is my spiel. And that is what brought me, though, to these amazing people that I feel very lucky to be up here with tonight. So I know I already introduced Chris, but Chris um, was on America's Got Talent and hypnotized Howie Mandel into shaking hands. And he was the host of Double Take on Facebook Watch, let alone many other exciting things.
1: Let me tag in real fast. <laughs> Alex is my manager, my mom manager, and I performed at your post-prom years ago.
0: Do I look that old to be your mother?
1: <laughs> but your, your dear, sweet mother was in charge of like this programming event. And she thought that I was special because she has a son named Christopher. Long story short, uh, she said keep in touch with this guy. I was on America's Got Talent. I got all this interest from people saying, hey, come do my event. I was way over my head. And you said, hey, I have a PR firm. Maybe I can help you. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, please. (laughs) You literally got me on Steve Harvey. You got me on the red eye newspaper. You got my TV show. And at some point during all this, you got Lyme disease. So whenever you have anything that I can do to help you, I am there. That's why I'm in this room with you.
0: Thank you. Um, All right, so tonight we are welcoming Revealing Soul Founder, Cindy, stylist and endometriosis warrior, Courtney, and um, former consultant turning or future consultant again, to line prayer Kelsey Mazewski um, for a Q&A and a discussion. So now I am going to let you guys say a sentence about yourself and introduce me. So, Cindy, if you want to go first.
2: Sure. I'm Cindy. Um, as Alex mentioned, I'm the founder of Revealing Soul. I'm also a medium and an aura photographer and healer. So part of my work is to help connect people with their purpose, their passion in life, and help remove any blocks or obstacles into things that are preventing you from living like your fullest and best life. And I do that through channeling, which is connecting to loved ones or guides. It's kind of like my
3: little secret hidden gift that I use to help
2: help you in your life. So yeah.
3: Back. Cool. Okay, hey everyone. My name is Kelsey Muzeski. Um I met Alex about almost a year ago. Um, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease two years ago, but um, I've had chronic health issues on and off for the past decade, um, and after my Lyme disease diagnosis, I had to take um, a leave of absence for my job at Deloitte, but after um, my diagnosis, I started a blog called The Intuitive Swan, where I write about living a meaningful life beyond chronic illness and limitations, in a sense. And um, I'm a yoga teacher as well, and I'm about to be certified to also teach and lead meditations. So, I've come a long way in terms of um, wellness and accepting certain
2: things. And her Instagram is great if you're starting meditation or needing some, like, little hints or tidbits. No, honestly, sure. I love following her because sometimes I just need, like, a guidance on what to meditate on, and she has great insight into that. Each day, I think, you've been trying to post yeah, her lately, yeah, yeah. so I love it.
4: Thanks. Hi, I'm Courtney. Um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis in the past three years. Um, I struggled with it for since I've been 13 years old, and now I'm 29. It took me over 26 doctors to get a diagnosis, and it's been a really long journey. I also had to leave my job um, this past year after my second surgery, and kind of found a new purpose i've been a wardrobe stylist for almost a decade as well and i wanted to combine those two things i know fashion i love it i love you know styling my clients i want hands-on styling experience for all of my men and women but i've really focused heavily um, in the past couple of months styling women with chronic pelvic pain endometriosis Um, if you're not familiar with endo it causes most of the time infertility a lot of chronic health issues as well as like fibromyalgia and endo belly. So it's really hard for women to get dressed every day when you have a chronic bloated stomach and you look like you're six months pregnant. And I just wanted to help women get dressed every day, bring a little bit of light and joy into such a dark diagnosis. Um, there's a lot of accounts that are great for endo, but I wanted to bring a little fun into it and make getting dressed you know, more enjoyable because it can be really tough when you're in the closet and
0: nothing fits you. It is very hard, I can attest to that. Not,
1: you know, I have Lyme, I don't
0: have Endo, but it just... I get this, like, chronic feeling in my skin. So, like, anything tight, like, it all goes out the window. Yeah, it's really difficult. And
4: even as a stylist, you know, I know how to dress myself for the most part. I can't imagine, you know, a lot of women who don't know how to get dressed, especially dealing with that chronic pain and having anything touching your stomach. That's why
0: elastic waistbands are key. Yeah, I feel you on (laughs) that. Um, All right, so we'll get started then. So we're gonna be talking a lot about mental health, chronic illness, and then just health and wellness in general tonight. So I wanted to get started talking about mental health because that's something I think the five of us have discussed a lot um, casually and as we've just prepared for the live podcast tonight. So I know that mental health, it's like a very, it's just a, a, like a large word, for lack of a better way of putting it, and it can define so many things. So, because mental health can encapsulate so many things, what does mental health mean to you? And as anyone that feels comfortable answering this can answer this, so feel free. <laughs>
2: I'll start because I didn't share this in the beginning. But one of the things that I think with mental health is, is a lot of it's unseen, right? Um, and even if you feel like it's something that people notice, most people don't notice. We're all very like self-conscious, but most people don't. One of the things that I have um, is called trichotillomania. It's when you get so stressed, you kind of pull your hair out. And uh, so it's something that most people don't know, don't even realize or see. But I think something like 40% of women get diagnosed with it in the United States. It's caused by stress. It's a pretty high number. Um, but mental health, because I've spent a lot of time working on this and because I have this disorder, is to me feeling most in alignment with myself. And that changes from day to day. It can change from week to week, month to month. But that's something I'm always focusing on is what feels most aligned for myself in my body on this day, in this time.
0: So it's a lot of just listening to what your body needs. Then it sounds like. All
2: bodies of consciousness, so mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual.
0: So with that being said, what do you wish, and once again anyone can feel free to jump in here, um, what do you wish would change around the conversation of mental health and wellness or chronic illness? The stigma. Yeah,
4: I agree with you. The stigma, and also it feels just like such a buzzword right now, mm-hmm. mental health, and everyone posts about it and wants to talk about it, but nothing is really being done yeah. about yeah. it. Obviously, our society is in a lot of trouble right now with mm-hmm. the lack of mental health mm-hmm. um, you know, help that's out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and I think women suffer from it, especially <laughs> not being listened to, mm-hmm. um, not being believed, yeah. and getting turned away, um, and basically being told, you're crazy. You know, we don't, you don't, we don't have an illness that people can see from the outside okay. every day. You know, we don't have a broken arm. Mm-hmm. We don't have, you know, things that are super visible. So I think mental health, for women especially, is really difficult um, to deal
0: with. And it, it gets looped into not being believed. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to do things like this in person and online. Um, so you can reach people and they know that they're not alone and they're not crazy mm-hmm. because, people whether it's doctors or friends or family or whoever you surround yourself with you kind of do sometimes feel like that (laughs) chick racing and you're like I know it's not me so thanks for being up here um so there's a concept that I've talked a lot about and I personally have worked a lot on individually and with professional help and I don't know if it's like this in all chronic illness communities, uh, I know Kelsey and I've talked a lot about this, Chris and I have talked a lot about this, but the concept of grieving your old self and um, learning to live with the new limitations that a chronic illness or a mental health issue places on you. um, So do you guys feel like you went through that at all?
3: Um, Yeah, absolutely. When I was first diagnosed with Lyme disease, I was in denial. I was not ready for an additional diagnosis on top of the other issues that I had. Um, This was not what I wanted to hear. I was going to go back to work, and I was going to power through it. Mm -hmm. But um, I reached a point where I finally came to terms that, yes, I was so sick that I would need to leave. And, you know, I think for anyone, whether you have a chronic illness or an acute illness or you're completely healthy, it's always easier to kind of... Um, long for like the good old days or think that the past was always better than it actually was and that comes down to you're kind of distorting the past and in doing so when you're thinking about the past like that you're making your present moment a little bit more um, you know uncomfortable and you're making yourself not feel as um, accepting and present um, in your current situation so it was hard to kind of come to terms with my new normal but um, it's Nice to have is something to put into perspective, but you know, if you can't be happy with what you have now, even despite all the circumstances and your limitations, then you know,
1: yeah. We're in a unique situation where uh, your mother is here at some point, feel no pressure. I would love to hear from you. Don't torture Kelsey's mother. There is no pressure. Leave this uh, other who came here to support her daughter. 110%. Let her during, enjoy her overall. The, <laughs> <laughs> that's, again,
0: it's my mother. Um, so I was also, as Cindy, I was thinking of you when I wrote this question, just because I think that this can also be applied to a much um, broader scale, to even like career changes. And you left a very successful career um, to start your own business. So that in itself is a huge transformation. So what was that like for you?
2: Yeah. And as I was reading through your notes, I thought, oh, this applies to me. And then you put yeah. that in there. And I was like, yes, um, we're on the same uh-huh. like Yeah. So I think your old self can also apply to previous dreams or ideals that you had. So I always had this dream that I would grow up, get a corporate job, get married, have kids, and then do this work on the side as a medium and channeling. Well, that didn't happen. So I uh, was working in the corporate world for 11 years and woke up one day and was just like, this isn't working anymore. And I always thought, oh no, I got to meet this guy first. I got to do it on the side. I can't support myself on this. And an acupuncturist was doing a session. I mean, she's like, well, that's a really limiting dream. And I was like, but that's my dream. What do you mean it's limiting? She's like, well, that doesn't allow for any other magic from the universe or any other expansion beyond you know what your one limited view is of how you can do this work and so i went home and literally within a week i kind of decided i'm like no i'm gonna quit my job and do this full time and i was making like six figures like on the fast track like way up and this was seven months ago and now i haven't looked back since yeah. since i quit i mean but that was like a big conversation i had with myself about like my old dream yeah. like that that was so limiting and didn't end up being what was really, yeah best for me
0: yeah. So it was, it was, it's hard. Yeah, well, I give you a lot of credits. I know it's not easy, but even since I met you in the spring, I mean, you're just like literally taking over the world. Um, so this kind of brings us into our next topic of intuition. Um, so I've been lucky enough to become close friends with Cindy over here and who is truly an amazing human and um, has such a gift and has opened my eyes so much to energy because I, and now we're gonna get a little woo woo depending on what you're into, but I have always been like very sensitive to energy and not really know like known what to do with it and it terrifies me. Um, and then two years ago, I hosted a fundraiser with Allie Hillfigure, who credits energy and crystals with being a massive part of her going into her mission. So I got into that and then I started, I um, met Cindy and I think it's something like energy and how we feel and the energy we absorb from others. It's not talked about enough and how it impacts us. So I'm curious, because I literally have an expert here, if you can explain to us why energy is such a big part of our day-to-day lives and exactly like how it impacts us. So it's
2: recently been proven in, I'm going to get sciencey for a moment and then get woo-woo for a moment. So <laughs> um, the science of it is it's been proven in quantum physics that we are made up of cells, which are made up of DNA, which are made up of atoms. And they've gone down to like the molecular level of an atoms and it's literally just made up of space. So we, everything you see in this room, are all made up of space or in other words, energy essentially what we're made up of so it makes sense then that as you're interacting with people or as you are having thoughts or moving going throughout your day you're sending constantly sending and receiving energy whether you realize it or not so it's impacting you whether you want it to or not and it's impacting you in a positive and negative way that's why I truly believe in thoughts being so powerful and I'm pointing to Kelsey over here because meditation is so important that your thoughts are literally attracting your future reality. So you want to attract in the positive things. And then your intuition is just a guidance on that. So it's basically like a meter that I believe everyone's born with that sort of, or shouldn't say sort of, that tells you whether something is like positive or negative or good for you or bad for you. Uh, That's kind of what your gut feeling or intuition is measuring.
0: So okay i
3: love all that and then um i like how you spoke to intentions because i think when become it's only when we become clear about our intentions that we can realize the type of energy that we're sending out into the world and i think our beliefs are um important in terms of defining our intentions and so once we understand like the feeling behind our intentions we can then create new beliefs to kind of Bring what we want into our life. So you have to know, like, the feeling behind that. And I think when your beliefs align with your intentions, that's when your intuition is at its full power. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
0: There's a lot to learn from you guys. <laughs> we'll hang out one day, and you'll be so blessed. <laughs> yeah, I
2: get. I love the. I love the woo woo. <laughs> yeah, we talk. We yeah. lots of conversations around. We us. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's it's easy, stuff.
4: it's easy to get. To feel down on yourself, like, yeah. why me? Why me? And you live in that space, and it's just just the planets, like I got. right. And people are like, Oh, you know, everything happens for a reason, and I believe in that to a certain extent. But I yeah. think you really create your own destiny, as goofy as that sounds. I mean, yeah. you really have to believe that there will be a cure, there will yeah. be, you know, a better day tomorrow, you will have a great you know, future and a great career. And it's easy to get so sucked in by those negative thoughts that um, I love that you use meditation. And I'm definitely interested in digging deeper into that.
0: Yeah. And to your point, Courtney, that's something we will get into, is like manifesting and manifesting your own energy and what you want and what you want for yourself, because I think it's just important. You know. You.
1: As a stylist, uh, do you feel like because you're making people feel comfortable in their clothing, which is making them feel comfortable in their skin. Are they projecting a better energy? Uh, you want to talk about that though?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think your outward appearance has a much bigger effect than sometimes we even realize. Um, a lot of these women have gained 10, 15, 20 pounds. They don't feel like themselves anymore. They don't have the same body. Um, And if you can just get them into an outfit, it seems so trivial and small, but if you can just get them into an outfit that they feel not only physically comfortable in, but mentally, and some of these women don't wanna go out and even leave the house because of how much they dislike their bodies after surgery. I mean, these women have hysterectomies, you go through IVF rounds, and all of these different hormones that are pumped into our bodies um, from this disease. And so it really does, it brings you back to this good energy when you feel good on the outside. Um, It's amazing what it can do for women's psyche and I really enjoy, you know, meeting all these different women and getting to learn kind of their story and hoping to bring a bit of style and joy into their life
2: too. Well, and as I've learned from my friend, Carla, who's in the room tonight, uh, she's been working with me on like body language and just getting more comfortable standing and She's even pointed out to me like I I don't have those issues, but I still sometimes like hunch my shoulders, and she's like, "Stand up like a cute guy's walking by," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." And like it really like she videoed me doing both, and and it looks different. Like I look more confident, and so like small reminders, yeah,
4: small reminders, yeah. It's it's important. Yeah. Something that gets overlooked when you're running to doctor's appointments or you're focused yeah. on your job or you know you've got to get home and feed the dog. It's like these are the small things that if you could just tweak a little bit, starting in your closet or your wardrobe to help mm-hmm. you know your mental state, yeah. it, it makes a big impact.
2: Yeah, because your mental and your physical and your emotional and your energetic body are what people are reading before you even have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? I do
4: um, a lot of closet edits and closet cleanouts for women too who Again, you're not wearing something, it's not serving you anymore. The Marie Kondo effect a little bit. i been I was doing it before Marie Kondo came out, oh, yeah. but it's okay. We'll let her Sorry, have Marie Netflix through the original Marie Kondo. I mean a little bit, a little bit. Still waiting on my Netflix special, but um <laughs> I but can it really you you <laughs> Yeah, it's still um, it's it's huge. And you're they're cleaning out these pieces that no longer serve them, they don't fit into it, they're waiting, you know, if I can just lose that five more pounds, yeah. I'm gonna hold on to these jeans. So as long as we can clear that out, it clears out their energy, their mind, and invest in something that you love and that fits. Yeah, I like that. Um,
0: okay, so, sorry. Transition, toward- no. Oh, sorry. Can you,
1: little, how much will it cost for you to come to our apartment and take out some of the stuff from my wife's book closet? <laughs> oh my I God. love her unconditionally. Are you kidding Just, just a few things. Wow. Just a few, yes. couple. New energy. You better watch
4: out. You're going to be sleeping on the couch. I was gonna say, couch. she's going to do
2: the same thing and she's yeah, going to Marie Kondo you. Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going
0: to be Marie Kondo
1: now. She doesn't throw anything away. I have <laughs> an amazing wife. Stacy's like, this is my apartment Piness. now. <laughs> yeah, She right. could yeah. wear a plastic bag and look gorgeous. She Period. is beautiful, yes. All right? Yes.
2: Does so, Chris spark joy?
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> so get rid of me. We need to edit him
2: out. <laughs> Come up here uh, and talk so to yeah, Is this, this <laughs>
3: your for you or not?
4: You know, I'm gonna leave you my card. We'll talk yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Transition. Um, <laughs> I just, I did want to ask because I feel this is something I've had. Friends ask me about that are not necessarily in touch with their intuition or, say, or they're not this. like i guess into the other side or they have started to get into it because i'm so into it what does your intuition feel like number one and number two is there a simple way that someone can practice tapping into their intuition yes and yes okay. I those. so
2: my quick and dirty version of what does intuition feel like or sound like is simply your intuition or your gut should spark curiosity when you receive something or meditating or just listening it you should be like I wonder where that came from or hmm, I've never thought about trying that before or going to that yoga class or whatever it should spark curiosity when it's your intuition when it's your fear or your ego or your mind talking it's gonna spark an emotional reaction or a trigger from you and if you're feeling really charged by something you just quote unquote, received, that's probably something from your mind or, you know, some of your negative loop thoughts or something that someone conditioned you to believe that's showing up. So it should spark curiosity when it's your intuition, not any kind of emotional reaction. That makes sense. Okay. And then the second part of how can you start to tap into it, it's a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it's going to get. And I find it's best to kind of practice or try with friends first. So maybe you're tuning in for a friend about a guy she just met, or maybe you're tuning in for, you know, your boyfriend or significant other about a business opportunity that they're wondering about. And you can either pull a card or just kind of tune into it because you're less emotionally charged or reactive to it. And you're truly just kind of like, oh, okay, I wonder. And then you can give them that information and see what happens. So it's best if you try it for others first Um, and meditation is the first way quieting your mind is really the key to being able to hear your intuition it's quiet at first but as it gets stronger it'll become louder and louder where you like cannot ignore it um
3: that and then can i add that i think for me turning to my intuition starts with um letting go of limiting beliefs so if i don't believe that i'm worthy of something that comes that arises or something that that sparks creativity, then I don't think that I'm worthy of that coming into my life in the future. So, you know, you have to believe in yourself, and because I think our desires are placed. Can okay, we use this one? Because um, I think our desires are placed in our heart because they're meant to be realized, and the sooner we believe in ourselves, the sooner we can take
0: steps towards manifesting what we want. Love it. So I've I think that also kind of plays into mindfulness and I think we hear that term thrown out a lot and I think we're all very mindful. Um, does mindfulness mean a certain thing to you, to anyone up here? So I think when most people think of mindfulness
3: it's about being um, aware of your, the present moment and your relationship to your circumstances and everything around you, which is great because it's important to be present but I think what people don't focus on enough is mindfulness is also about paying attention with care. So you, yes you're in this present moment and if you're feeling some kind of like negative emotion, okay so be it, but allow yourself to feel that for the moment because when you pay attention with care, then you create this sense of ease and um, well-being when you are treating yourself and others with kindness and compassion. And so that's an
0: important component but. yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
3: Um, let's see. Anyway. I think
2: it goes back to also like the wellness mm-hmm. piece of it which I think mindfulness wellness are similar basically just aligning with your truth whatever that is mm-hmm. that's what I and, and mindfulness is you know kind of testing when something is presented to you or you have a decision to make or there's Whatever's going on in your life is does this align with me. Yep. Does it align with my truth? And just adding that extra like filter before you make a decision or before you go do something. That's what I that's what mindfulness mindfulness means to me.
1: Don't force her to talk. Um again, I, I hate to bring her up, but my wife is amazing and she's a social worker and she gives me perspective. And she compliments me whenever I reframe a situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm late for something, she says, oh, but look, you have more time to get dressed better.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, with Alex, when we, we, we've gone to these live events, people always remind, you're like the, the mayor of the Line alliance. <laughs> like everyone yes. knows you, you raise so much money, everyone wants to be a part of your circle but then you, you tell me the inside scoop of like this person has been doing with this for so long, this person has it so much worse, and I think that's a big part of mindfulness, being aware of your privilege, and 100% knowing as you walk along, as you live your life, who you are and being grateful and expressing the universe, gratitude, but realizing that someone has it not as good as you, and we've talked about this it's like yeah. if we were rich, we would be thrilled just to spend all our money on other people. Yeah. Like just to raise dollar like, literally, after dollar. if I hit a
0: thing someday, that's what I do is start a foundation, which we talk about that all the time. Um, yeah, I think when you're healthy or when you're healthier, you don't realize like how good you actually have it and how small your problems actually are. And then when you suffer with, whether it's a mental health issue, depression, or a chronic illness, or any kind of illness, you just it turns your life upside down, um, and you become really, really grateful for the small things um, that maybe you just like didn't even notice before. So, yeah, um, that is a big. I totally didn't even think of that part of mindfulness. So thank you, Chris. Um. Yeah, and I think talking about mindfulness too, it can be these really large, like overarching concepts and it can kind of sound daunting and there's other ways that you can tap into your mindfulness day to day and it can be something like doing a meditation or practicing a mantra, which I know you do and you put out there a lot on Instagram, which I love. It definitely helps me be more mindful. Um, It can be downloading the Calm app, like it can mean so many different things um, and you can start with something small and eventually work your way up and it really does help. So, yeah. Um, Cindy, this is specifically for you. You do something that is so emotionally exhausting. I literally cannot imagine doing it in my life. How do you check in on yourself and be mindful about taking care of yourself? And I'll be honest, I'm still working on this. It
2: changes as my business evolves and continues to grow. Right now, my practice is meditation every morning. I notice the days that I don't. I also meditate before and after every client. I mean, I meditate a lot. Uh, The other things I do are a lot of grounding practices. So spending time in nature when it's not 20 degrees out, Uh, taking baths. Uh, I really watch the energy of the people that I'm around. I noticed it was really hard when I still had my corporate job and I was working Uh, Revealing Soul as a side business because my corporate job was so draining that it was really hard to get my energy up. And now I'm very picky about the people I spend time with and making sure they're not draining me and you know replenishing me. I also work with a lot of healers and get acupuncture like once a month. I have a remote energy healer that like works on me. I've been doing playing around with sound toning. uh uh, crystal like singing bowls are also great I mean crystals I kind of will try anything once and also have a lot of tools in my toolkit because yeah it's a lot to keep my energy raised on a consistent basis well if I'm ever
0: draining you just (laughs) no no one no one on this panel
3: (laughs) has
2: ever drained me
4: I think the biggest thing that I've learned is being mindful of just my own needs because I'm also like a giver I say yes Mm -hmm. I want to please I've always been a people pleaser and I think just being mindful of saying no Mm
3: -hmm.
4: whether that is to your best friend or to Mm -hmm. a colleague or even if it's your own mother once in a while (laughs) you just can only spread yourself so thin and I think that's been a really big lesson for me the past couple of years of finally accepting that I do have a chronic illness Mm -hmm. that you do have to step back Mm -hmm. and say no once in a while even if it Hurts your soul a little bit, and yeah. I think having that mantra of you know going back to you know something repetitive every single day mm-hmm. is so so important
2: as well. Yeah, it's something I work on quite often. Yeah. Boundaries are your best friend. Yeah, should I say in the mic?
0: Boundaries, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: boundaries are <laughs> your best friend.
3: Hashtag, hashtag, boundaries. hashtag boundaries. <laughs>
0: Um, I also just wanted to ask you, and this is kind of random, so as part of what you do, you do aura photography? Yes. Yes. So if you see anything, I don't know if there's negativity in an aura, but if you see that, how do you work with someone to change that, or how can somebody work to change that negative energy in their life?
2: Yeah, and so for anyone listening or in the room who doesn't know what an aura is, everyone, as we spoke earlier, has an energetic field, and that's also known as an aura. I have a special camera that takes a picture of that and spits out an image of that on top of a photo of you, so I read that photo is what else was referring to. Uh, So yeah, sometimes I can see when someone's going through big healing or if there's some murkiness in a photo If someone's like really having trouble releasing something or if something's not aligned in their life And it usually comes down to just having a conversation about one Do they have awareness around what that is? I mean like I can usually intuitively pick up on it being a medium But it doesn't help me to just spit out to people like well here's what you need to do and here's what's wrong You some of that needs to come from their own awareness. So that's the first piece of it, and then the second piece of it is starting to shift it. But that's I think we're gonna get into this a little bit later. But yes. it's all around um, really your mindset about it, and also um, around if you truly have like you have a choice. So are you truly? you know doing something that's aligned with you or are you changing the inputs in order to get the different output because a lot of people come to me want them to solve all their problems like oh I want to be in love I'm like okay well do you feel deserving of being in love and they're like well, maybe. I'm like, well, it's not a hell yes, and that's a no. We need to figure out why you don't feel deserving of falling in love, because that probably is the reason why your relationships, the last four, haven't worked out. So it's always about like digging deeper around what the true root cause is. So that's what I see in auras, and I really like kind of dive into it. I was really surprised. I did the Global Line Alliance uh, story yeah. here, and I was surprised at some of the people's auras that looked amazing and bright and so much golden opportunity and just healing energy, and they're meant to help others, and they would go to me like, well, I have Lyme disease, and I'm really struggling. And I'm like, oh my god, you're, whereas, like, amazing. So sometimes it's a, a little deceiving for me, but that just tells me that they can get past this. There's so much opportunity around them, and it's all around your mindset, and what are you gonna choose to believe, and what are you gonna choose to do with your life?
0: Yeah, and for those um, listening at home, I will post a link to a picture of an aura photo and to Cindy's um, Instagram so you can check it out for yourself. And for those of you that are here in person tonight, I brought my own um, aura photos that I've done with Cindy. So if you want to see them, just come find me when we're done. Um, So something that I just wanted to mention that I found really interesting was when we all met for lunch to kind of start talking about like topics for tonight, you had said um, some people just feel like so down on their luck and they're asking themselves, why is nothing going my way? Why am I so down on my luck? And in reality, you should start asking yourself what is blocking you from attracting what you want, which I think is such a powerful thing. And literally since we had that conversation, it's like totally flipped. Not that I've ever been someone that's like, oh my God, nothing's going right for me, but it just totally flips your perspective, and I love that, so. Yay, I'm so happy. That's yeah. what I wanna do. I wanna just help people. You're like doing it. Doing it so. Thank you. High five. <laughs> Um, So another topic I really like is just manifesting, and manifesting things that you want. Kelps, I know that you are very big on this, and also when we had, what? What? Oh, you look afraid. No, I would no. never say anything to upset you. Um, but I remember when we were talking about this, and you were like having a conversation with your brother or something, who like wanted a job or like yeah. and you're like you have to manifest it, and he was like you're crazy. Um, he was like, don't say that to people who don't know you well. No.
3: <laughs> and then two weeks later, he came back and was like, I really want this job. Can you, like, manifest this for me? (laughs) Yes, I will. But we both need to put the energy out there. But I think part of manifesting comes with, yes, I'm putting the energy and, like, my intention out there. I believe that I'm capable of achieving whatever this is. But it's also important to um, not be super attached to that outcome. So, like, in the mindfulness world, we call that, like, non-striving. So if it happens, it happens. And if it's... Doesn't happen at that specific moment, I still think that's proof that you are working, it's evidence that you're working towards that goal that you want because you're out there trying to begin with.
0: Uh, absolutely. Um, that's almost kind of like a version of like if it's meant to be, it'll be. Um, so, deepest, this, this might be like a stupid question, but, and for any of you that. Kind of work on this um, or believe in this concept manifesting your destiny is that something like you consciously work on day to day or is it something like you just like, try to focus on
3: um, i think it comes back to letting go of your limiting beliefs and believing that you're worthy of what you desire and then but it's also important to become aware of your unconscious beliefs. And I think that's where meditation comes in because meditation is truly about sitting there and yes, it's about like quieting your thoughts to a certain extent, but it's more about observing where your thoughts go and having like that moment, that pause before things happen in real life for you to consider how you want to react to whatever is happening. So you can become more aware of like your inner monologue or your inner narrative, like that tone, that intentionality. And if you can change that to be intentionally Draw what you want in your life. That's like, like a conscious and an unconscious way of like
0: manifesting what you want. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you for um, So to go over kind of more like the chronic illness segment of this, I think you know it's really hard because illness it really forces you to slow down a lot and. Um, like we were talking about before, kind of accept new limitations and at times it can be devastating and like life altering. So after you left your consulting job to take your break and try to heal, how did you adjust to that? Like how did you go from being so busy and so, you know what I mean, like busy all the time with that kind of job? Cause like my husband's in consulting, I know what it's like, it's not easy you're always on? And how did you like force yourself to slow down? My body forced
3: me to slow down. I didn't really have a huge choice in the matter. I would, I was allowed to work from home and I would work from home and I could not keep my eyes open for like more than a half hour. Like I would take a call and then like lay in bed and hopefully like an app would revive me and it wouldn't. And I was like, I cannot even function. So, um, yeah, it was, um, it was initially a blow to my ego, but I've really I think I've come a long way in terms of like transformations in this journey and thinking and realizing that um, these like pauses when my health requires my health becomes my main um, focus that it's not necessarily like a setback it's really just a pause and um, I'm still on my way to wherever I am going it's just taking me a little bit longer to get there than other people and you know I think. Comparison is the root of a lot of suffering, and I've learned to let go, and if I stop comparing my own timeline to that of anyone else's, um, you know, if you're perfectly healthy, you have, like, you can do anything. Um, you know how long it's gonna take you to do one thing, but when you're chronically ill, like, life is super unpredictable. You don't know how you're gonna feel the next day or how long it's gonna take you to write 500 words. So, um, yeah, it's just about accepting where you're at and making the most of it because I'm just feeling
0: sorry for yourself. Hello. Um, one thing that I really admire about you is that you took these new limitations and you formed this new identity, and you didn't let your limitations stop you. you just let them help you transform, and I think positive ways. That like you could have chose to look at all this as like a huge negative, but. You kind of you did it's like a very transformational thing and i really admire that um so Alex, what has this
1: we we got more sorry unhealthy people here yes no and i <laughs> I'm i got two questions coming down the line i long, knew you would so. <laughs> i'm on your team
0: <laughs> um what has this new like what has getting in touch with this new side of you like taught you i guess and this is for both of you
3: Mm, i think i'm a much more um i'm more empathetic and compassionate and i know that you know i look fine but i laid in bed until five o'clock today and (laughs) naps are key yeah Yeah, like (laughs) you just never know what is going on with someone and i've become a lot less judgmental and accepting and like i try and ask people questions now about like especially with other people who have like chronic illnesses I can just point and say yeah you look great but like how are you really doing so asking the questions that allow them to open up and tell you if they're willing to be vulnerable and tell the truth of their experience at the time but um yeah compassion and acceptance and just letting go of comparison has been really close cool for me And I think it's easy when people ask you like oh my god how are
4: you doing and you're "I'm like, good, oh, I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine um, but it really takes a lot to tell the truth and open up and be vulnerable and say you know what? today I was in bed until 5 p.m. or maybe I have I'm on my fourth day of dry shampoo I don't know (laughs) so just being vulnerable I think is was the one of my biggest obstacles with accepting that I have a chronic illness and that I'm not always gonna be on and that's okay and I think relationships change friendships have changed and think as you get older too it kind of weeds out some of those people that weren't meant for you that bad energy Mm -hmm. and the ones who stick by you and when you cancel plans and feel like a flake and they're like hey it's okay like text me when you feel better if you want to get you know coffee next week instead and they don't make you feel bad about it I think it's so huge and um, it makes a big difference
0: Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. how do you practice um, And I think your career is just like a major point of this, but how do you practice something that would like normally be a negative and like turning it into a positive, I guess? Because like you've built a career off of helping women feel their best when they're dealing with something, you know, that can be so detrimental to their lives. How do I turn it around?
4: Yeah. I have a great therapist. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's key for all of us, no shame in that. Um, she has truly helped me over the past five or six years to kind of not compartmentalize, but really separate what needs to be taken care of first um, and what can, can wait because it's easy when you have 100 doctor's appointments every week to feel so bogged down by that and your career slips and your relationship slips and you know, you're financially struggling I have spent over $50,000 in the past two years um, on treatments, on failed treatments um, for this illness. And I think a lot of people don't see that side of it too. So it's easy to slip into that kind of negative headspace. And if you can just, again, take a small piece of your day to help someone else out, do a kind act. I do a lot of freestyling for my clients at no charge because I know that they're probably struggling financially too, and I wanna help them. I don't want them to feel like they can't come to me and ask something without feeling like they have to pay me. I, I never want them to ever feel like that, and I started this online community for that reason exactly. I, want to, I talk to women from India with endo, women from China, UK, everywhere, um, and it's the same across the board for all these women. Um, they're in the same boat, and um it's great to kind of feed off of their positive energy too i I really thrive off of other people and i think it's really key in the
0: community to keep chatting about it getting the word out there yeah i agree with you and i think that's why like social media especially within our communities is so awesome because we lose a lot of that like in-person ability like the ability to socialize in person because we just don't feel well and doing that Chatting online. in the bathtub, you know, yeah. uh, via Instagram is kind of my go-to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> how I practice yeah. mindfulness, you know, yeah. taking so, that bath every day. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> and when you're already like so exhausted and this can go, whether you have chronic illness, whether you're like Chris who tours over 200 days a year and is exhausted, Cindy who does something totally mentally exhausting, like how do you manage to pull through and put yourself out there and be social like when you want to? I, I want you to answer it's that question, because,
1: no, it, that blew my mind, because whenever I travel, I have a gig, and I'm going to get paid. What? You're in the situation of, I have to travel to see a new doctor, see a specialist, and I'm going to pay this person money, who is an expert, but may not give me the answers that I'm looking for, or help me in some way. That just blows my mind.
0: I think that is the case, sadly, for a lot of people with chronic illness. And that's easy to
4: slip into, again, kind of that mind space where I'm always hopeful, and I remain hopeful, I'm sure you guys do too, Um, it's like, this doctor might be different, maybe it'll, maybe they'll have something new for me, and you kind of get let down a lot, and that's just something I
0: think you deal with, and you move forward, and hope for the best. Yeah, no, it is a hard thing, it's mentally exhausting going through that, and it could be hard to pull yourself out of that hole when it just keeps happening and keeps happening. Um, so, I have to throw a question here about dating, just because I feel like it's never talked about in the chronic illness community, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're excited. <laughs> you're married. I yeah. you're married. <laughs> uh, I'll <laughs> tell you about my dating experience. Okay. Maybe not much longer. Oh God, yeah. okay. <laughs> you don't, you don't
2: scratch joy. You better.
0: better sleep. Casey, you are insane. Um, so when you're dating with health and wellness issues I know it's obviously very difficult have any of you faced challenges when dating with a chronic illness or a mental health issue and how did you work on that and ultimately overcome it does anyone want to answer this I'll go
4: first Um, (laughs) endometriosis also goes hand in hand with painful sex, painful periods painful you know intercourse and tampon use is just a no-go for many women so it really affects your sex life and it's something that women also don't really love to talk about we're supposed to be super sexy and you know do all these things and it's sometimes you just like you literally cannot do it and you feel you feel bad yeah. you love your partner um you want to make them happy you want to feel good like we're all sexual beings as well and Um, it, it has affected many relationships in my past. I'm lucky to have a really, really understanding partner now and we find other ways to be intimate and, you know, stay close, but it's affected a lot of my friend's relationships with endometriosis. And you can't always go on that date. You can't always go on that vacation. Sometimes you have to stay home because you can't get out of bed and you have to find a really, really understanding partner who's ready to go on that journey with you. And I'm sure, Allie, yeah. you know your husband is here tonight and super supportive. And the most it, supportive.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. I tell him all the time. He's literally the best person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the most handsome yes. for sure. Yeah, and the most
3: handsome. Yeah. Sorry, throughout that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I. I put dating on hold for a couple of years after I was diagnosed with Lyme disease because in my mind, there was a point that I would be officially 100% better, you know? And I wanted to put off dating because that wasn't the side of myself that I wanted to present to someone who could be a potential partner. And I finally was like, you know, there's no guarantee that I'm going to um, reach a full recovery and this is who I am now. And I was worried about when to share like how sick I have been in the past and worrying if it it's kind of like letting go of um, changing it's letting go of like how I control with it, how they see me and being so vulnerable with someone so early on it's like it's a big risk but if they can't handle it in the moment then it's not meant to be and I think you know when you choose to be so open and vulnerable about something like that in your life a lot of times other people share something as equally as vulnerable. So, you know, and then that in the the end can lead to a deeper connection sooner than you would have
2: expected. But I think this applies not only to, like, you know, chronic illness, but to really a lot of things. Like, oh, I want to lose those five more pounds before I meet my Mm -hmm. dream guy. Or, oh, like, I want to make this much money in my career before I like settle down with someone. Or, oh, I want to, like, travel the world before I, like, have kids. Like, there's so many... This, then this, and we're always like putting these expectations out there of ourselves of what we want before we can meet that perfect person or like be perfect. And I'm having to do a lot of like releasing of that lately because it's like it's never, you're never gonna be perfect. Like that's the opposite of self love and it's the opposite of like really falling in love because I mean, I'm not married and not dating anyone, but what I know is that you really fall in love with those imperfections. So if you're trying to erase all those, then how is anyone ever going to? Yeah, what's the point? But it's we're always taught you have to be this, you have to be that. So it's not just the chronic illness exposing, but like becoming okay with all parts of yourself. And for me, the fact that I can talk to dead people is <laughs> you know a big one to kind of like lay <laughs> out on the table, like right first, first date. Yeah, great, great first first date chat. So yeah, I mean it's a lot. There's always something, right?
0: Okay, this is not on my list at all, but I have to ask. <laughs> like when you go on a date with someone, can you? Like, do you know things about them? You know what I mean? And does that just totally fuck it up? (laughs) Um, It kind of fucks it up before we go on the date because a lot of times I
2: can sense energy before I even meet the person. I'm someone who doesn't need to meet someone to know... Like, I'll even, like, it'll up with clients. I'll be like, I, hope I have a bad feeling about this client. And they'll come in, they'll be, like, all over the place. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is why I was, like, dreading this. But same thing with dates. I'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel a good feeling about this guy. And then I just won't text him back or won't go out with him. Or if I do, I'm like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have been here. I shouldn't have wasted my time. Yeah, exactly. So it's really hard for me to put myself out there and date because I don't necessarily give guys a chance because yeah. I can pick up on energy really well ahead of time. Yeah, so. yeah but can you turn that side of your... Can you turn that side off? I can, but with dating, I really don't want to because I kind of want to know in advance <laughs> if this guy's gonna like screw me over before I invest like you know weeks or months into it. So honestly, though, I also like—I mean, most people know this—but I didn't tell anyone I was a medium until about a year and a half ago. I was like thirty-three when I finally started telling people that. So I really haven't been on many dates since since I really like came out as being able to do this. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's scary. It's it's hard to like admit your deepest, darkest secret to someone. Can I tap in real?
0: Please first? do. <laughs> yeah. What about telling people you're a hypnotist? As a hypnotist, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I definitely wouldn't lead with that as as someone trying to okay, date thanks. a young lady. Um, I think
0: maybe Chris is top two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Uh, and, I, and I again the the male perspective and privilege of. You lose that extra five pounds, meet yeah. the person, get yeah. your dream career. Yes. I met my wife on Tinder when I was hungover as <laughs> shit. I, I didn't fall out of the car, but I stumbled out and I met her and um, we sat on the swings and and she I asked her, like, what countries have you been to? What countries have you traveled to? And she answered and then I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> What countries have you been to? <laughs> and she's like, wow, you're not listening <laughs> at all. But I was transparent, I was like, I'm really sorry. There are these kids playing on the playground or on the swings. I don't want them to get hurt. And so I got off and I literally That's was just, so sweet. I don't want them to get hurt. And she got that. And um, she, she understood the hungover part too. <laughs> so um, people find, and the, the beautiful thing about that is like, if you're in looking for someone, and, and you're not where you want to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not in a great place. I had nowhere to go but up, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> I've gotten progressively better. So, it's, everything's relative.
3: So, one more thing, and what I have learned, I think it's really important. So, speaking of manifesting, I manifested my boyfriend, but, um, it comes, I literally, like, last Spring. I made a list of like all the traits I wanted in a partner, but then I would meditate on them and like visualize. But I would say that like I am kind and like compassionate and like empathetic and like intelligent, blah blah blah. Because I really didn't expect like what I wanted from a relationship. Like I had to be able to give. You know, I couldn't expect something that I wasn't able to level up to as well. And I really think that was like a game changer for me. So I changed my intentions and the energy behind. I understood the feeling behind the things that I wanted and like it it happened. Yeah. That's cool. So you just have to know what
2: you deserve and what you want. And while we're back on the topic of manifesting really quick because I wanted to add this that I totally agree with Kelsey of you need to get very clear, not just on like the traits and characteristics, but also the feelings you want to have when you have that thing. So mine recently has been a space and I've been manifesting a space which has not appeared and I've been like so upset and I finally just got clear what I wanted. I even found the perfect spot. It's at the Hoxton. They were like, nope, this room is to somebody else, blah, blah, blah. So I go in this week, and because I'm joined anyways, and they were like, oh yeah, we have a small conference room now that you can book on the weekends or whenever you want, 24-7. It's literally the room they showed me in the walkthrough. They said I couldn't have, and now I can rent it whenever I want as a meeting space, and it's uh-huh. perfect. So like, you have to let go of the how. I don't know what you called it, but like, and now I don't have to pay for it. It's already part of membership. I was going to pay like two grand a month for that, and now like for two hundred a month, I'm going to use it whenever I want for my small Ooh. groups. Like, you have to release the how. You have to get clear on what you want, get clear on the intention and the feeling, and then release the how and know that if it's something that you're still not receiving, you probably just still have a lot of resistance around it, like me with men, but if it's something around your career that manifests like every day, I have something new coming in, you just know you have low resistance to it. So just give yourself time and patience with it. That makes sense.
4: Is it mm-hmm. releasing a lot of, also releasing a lot of control aspects mm-hmm. in that as well? I would have so with that. I know, <laughs> are you sure you have to do that?
2: I'm positive you have to do that. 100% positive, yes.
0: Difficult. All right, so we only have about 10 minutes left, so I'm going to kind of pull out the things that I really wanted to chat about, and then if anyone has a question, we'll take a couple of questions, because I don't want to keep you guys here for like 20 hours. So something that I really struggle with is not so much the judgment from others, but I guess like the comments and like, you know, I was at something last month and someone you know, came up to me and they were like, oh, so you're better now, right? And I was like, do I look better to you? And or it's like, oh, how are you not working? Like, why aren't you working? And I'm like, because I really can't. Um, also, I have like a very abnormal job. I do TV development with Chris. So people just don't get it anyway, which is fine. <laughs> but I think that dealing with judgment, whether it's like with a chronic illness or around like a career change or something that somebody just doesn't understand can be so difficult and so frustrating and it's exhausting and taxing, and I think people don't mean to be insensitive. Um, it just, like, they are. So how do you guys handle those types of conversations? I try to combat it with just trying
4: to educate them. More knowledge, yeah. I, I truly believe knowledge is power, and there's a lot of ignorance, especially when a topic of like, infertility comes up, or pregnancy. Um, it's just as long as you could just provide a little bit more knowledge
2: to these people I think it helps quite a bit so I try to combat it with that. I get this all the time. My family does not understand what I'm doing. I talked to my mom and she's literally like, oh, it's so nice you get to do what you want for a little bit in between careers. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm like, okay, uh, thanks for that. Or like at the family dinner table over Easter, everyone was like, I can't believe you charge for what you do. I'm like, well, like you pay for music, you pay for concerts, like you pay for other like experiences. Why would you not, why would it not be okay for me to charge? But some people were like really, so – my biggest thing is kind of going getting curious about it like i said like intuition curiosity so i go back to the curiosity like well why do they feel that way what in their life led them to have this belief because it's just a belief that it's not okay for me to quit my corporate job or it's not okay for me to charge money for my services or whatever it is and I just find that really, that just helps me to have more knowledge and understanding of where they're coming from. So I just kind of get curious and ask a lot of questions around, like, what's this underlying belief? Because they obviously feel, they're, a lot, they're entitled to their opinion. I truly believe I'm not going to change anyone's opinion. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what I do in my, in my sessions. Like, I'm not here to change your belief about what I do. I know what I do, and I know it's real. It doesn't. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help you but I'm not here to change your beliefs. So even in conversations with family and friends, same thing. I'm not here to change your beliefs, but I'm curious, why do you feel that way? Yeah. And sometimes I find people, it does help them to kind of like see the other perspective and yeah. I mean, helps to uncover what's really going on and hopefully help to let them see like they have a limiting belief around this. Yeah. Maybe help shift it. it hasn't happened with my mom yet. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Maybe
0: Thanksgiving. Maybe,
2: maybe, yeah, maybe Thanksgiving. Holidays are coming up. <laughs> Great table talk. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> it's um, better than politics <laughs> uh-huh. I like the educational aspect as well I ask someone would you like I'm happy to tell you more about Lyme disease or whatever it is if they say yes, great, if not, I respect that and then when there are people who I'm like God, I really wish they would ask me how I'm like, really doing or feeling and they don't and they continuously don't I'm learning that like it's not them that's creating that disappointment it's literally my own like expectation of what I want from them and I just need to accept that like I don't need to put that out there, and that my happiness is dependent upon, like the other people who ask me how I am, or um, actually tuning into my own feelings and doing whatever I need to do to kind of, you know, align my mind, body, and spirit. So just letting go and of your own expectations of people. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Healthy person question. Uh, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Alex and I have talked about this a great deal. Like she'll ask me about. Uh, career I want to have and like the next step and I go oh how are you feeling today and then she was like oh fine how would you like to be asked how are you feeling today or or what can I do to help
3: that's a really great question and
4: I find it more helpful when my friends and family ask me how a doctor's appointment went, rather than saying, how are you? Because most of the time, like, we're not well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. and um, so if I can talk about an experience, you know, oh, the specialist was great, I really connected with that doctor, or, you know, the appointment went really well, or, you know, that was kind of shitty, i never been going back to that guy again. Um, it really feels more authentic to me, that they were listening, they remembered, and it's not just, oh,
0: how are you? carry on yeah i think it's hard too because people like mean well when they ask or when they say something like i have somebody in some capacity that reaches out to me every time i have a doctor's appointment which is often says good news today question mark or like some version of that and i'm like nope i feel like the world is burning down (laughs) so it's like then how do you you know what i mean like they mean well so you feel bad like being upset about it but it's also like how do i tell you that i feel like everything's
2: right now. Well, and on the flip side of that, do you get upset is probably not the right word, but do you get upset if someone doesn't bring it up in a conversation?
0: No, I'm just like, honestly, it's so like normalized or personally for me, my health is so normalized that like if you don't ask me how every single thing went, it doesn't, like it doesn't affect me. Like if my husband didn't ask me for two months how I was feeling, (laughs) which like he's so sensitive to it, that's not the case at all, I'd probably be like, what's wrong with you? But most people, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. And the people that I love and that I'm close with are like very conscious of it. So, okay. Um, All right, so our last couple of questions. I want to talk a little about success and redefining success because what I thought was success two years ago, like when I owned my own business and like did all these things, looked very different than what I define success as now, which is probably literally just being happy and like trying to be healthy so since we've all kind of had to reframe our lives to fit whether it's a career change or an illness or um, something along those lines how has your definition of success changed
3: Um, I think we live in a society where we're conditioned to believe that um, productivity and busyness is a representation of success and being chronically ill has made me reassess that, and now I make like what I like to call mindful decisions. So I'm like, is dedicating my time and energy to this task going to like bring me joy or get me to where I want to go? I'm not just saying yes to say yes, especially when um yeah. So saying no is really important to that. And then I've been rolling over this this week, and I posted about it on Instagram how I think um like success is also about living your life with integrity. So to practice integrity means that, like your internal um, experiences, like your thoughts and your feelings, match your external um, expressions. So, like your actions and your words. Because when you do that, you are truly aligned, like with your truth and sharing your act, sharing your truth. And that takes a lot of courage. But in doing so, I think you if you take humble responsibility for your actions and you're authentic in the words that you use and you're living wholeheartedly, but that is truth. And when you are truthful in your life and your experiences and share that with others, that is success. Yeah, I agree with
2: you. And for me, my uh, definition of success has changed from needing it to be an external validation to an internal one. So, and this came up actually in like two sessions with clients today of... They felt like they would only be successful in a meeting if they like got that pitch or like got that business or like met that sales goal or like got that trip to I don't know Mexico or whatever the heck they were wanting. And I said, but that's all external. That's all waiting for someone else to validate all the work you put in, which is how I lived my life for I don't know most of my life because even grades so I could be like a you know product of that. But anyways, I now have had to redefine it as you know did I show up fully for the appointment. Did I, you know, use my energy in a way to help shift someone or redirect them or give them something to help change their life? And do I feel like I, you know, did I love doing it? Did I was I in a good mood and like happy and like joyful while I was in a session? And if I can answer yes to those questions, then I feel like I was a success that day. Mm-hmm. And that's how I start my meditations in the morning. Is like I basically say like, please show me and allow me to deliver the message that I'm most needed to hear today. And like as long as at the end of the day I feel like I did that, then that's success. It doesn't matter if someone says you did a great job or oh my god you were so right or oh my god and, like they cry in a session. Like I have to release all that now. So it's been a huge shift. Um, but I think with society again places a lot of value in like external validations, which then lends itself to an experience of needing codependency because you're dependent on someone else. You're dependent on that result. You're dependent on that you know doctor for telling you had a great you know whatever like test results back. But like. There are other things about your day that can define your success.
0: So that makes sense. Okay. okay. What about you for me?
4: This is a tough question for me because I feel like I'm in the thick of it right now. Of of figuring it out. And I think part of Success to me right now is being truthful with myself and honest with myself. Um, you know, I quit my job, like I said, this past year, and I was really, really successful. at it. I was with one of the biggest styling companies in the country. I helped launch it. I helped get our women's program off the, you know, off the ground, and I was really proud of that. And having to step back um, mentally and mostly because of the physical ailments, um, really knocked my ego a lot. Yeah. I was always one of the top salespeople and I pride myself on that and trying to refocus what that success means to me right now has been really challenging to be honest. Yeah. kind of figuring out who I am again. I'm 29 and I really want um, to be successful in my career and be a good human and see, call my family more and even just those so small things of like if I can call my granny and yeah. talk to her for 10 minutes a couple times a week that is a small bit of success Mm -hmm. for me so rather than on a larger scale of big sales numbers and commission and winning those trips to mexico Mm -hmm. and all of that (laughs) um you know small successes even just going on vacation with my family my parents this summer and not looking at my phone and checking my work email (laughs) that was huge so those small wins Mm -hmm. i have to take them as as they come and
0: not put so much pressure on myself yeah it's I like that point because I think we overlook all the little wins that add up into these larger things, and we need to be like more in tune with that and proud of ourselves you know, for even the smallest things.
1: Success for me, it, it definitely changes. Um, my mom passed away during one of the, the highest points of my career, I was on national TV, and when I'm literally drinking champagne with these celebrities, I know my mom is, is getting sicker and sicker with cancer. So a few after she passed away, I I sold the house that we bought together and I had a check for 70 grand. It was profit. It was mine after taxes. I'm literally holding a check for 70 grand. And I'm like, I would give this up right now for one more day with my mom. Without blinking an eye. So as I'm 33 and I can't run as fast as I used to run in high school. You're still a baby. I'm still a baby, <laughs> but like, bald. <laughs> uh, yeah. Babies what are bald. Success. They're still cute though. Yeah. They're, still cute. Cute. They're still cute. I got big teeth. I look like Drake. Skinny Drake.
3: I got skinny. He's
1: Uh Kylie Jenner. Oh my god. Good yeah. Heads Heads up up for him. He is. I am not, up not up on the I'm on, not up on the trends here. together. I am <laughs> really
0: disappointed in myself for how much I just my eyes
4: got wide I know. It's the best thing I've
0: <laughs> <laughs> heard in so long. I didn't
1: know. Oh No, I I think success <laughs> now is honestly having routine like in the military and I've never been they make their bed. I am not the military. Let's just point that out. I forgot my gun, guys. Can I borrow your gun? Uh, no, they make their bed every morning. They make their bed. Because if you go to your bed and you've had a horrible day and your bed's made, you're like, all right, I did this one thing. <laughs> To me, success. Oh. Sorry,
0: I'm just picturing you as a <laughs> <laughs> Success is making <laughs> Alex <laughs> cry <laughs> with
1: comedy. Or uh, oh, going home to a bed that's made.
0: I literally said to Chris this week, we're working on a development project together, and I was like, if it literally was my life or you taking directions, I would be dead. 100%. Because <laughs> I don't take directions. You could not last. It was You could not oh, <laughs> <really scary. laughs> <laughs> but his bed would oh. be awesome, that you would be have awesome. A year. <laughs>
1: so confused and I love it
0: um, okay last thing and then if anyone wants to ask a question the floor will be open so do I mean read it for No, no it's okay <laughs>
2: God.
0: um so we've talked a lot tonight about changing the narrative in our head and we, stop laughing, you're gonna make me laugh. Oh my God. <laughs> and redefining success. And um, I'm only talking to you because you and I were just having this conversation. I mean, anyone can answer this, but I'm using an example specific to you that you had recently seen another medium, I think with like yes. a similar gift to you. Yep. And you were expressing to her that you felt like you were so behind on your life path and all of these things. and. She was like, Cindy, no, you're actually so much further ahead than where you're supposed to be. So I think that's an interesting thing to think about. Um, that we all feel like we should be hitting like these certain like milestones at certain points in our lives. And in reality, we could be so much further ahead than we even know. So, how have you worked at all to like change that narrative in your head? And this also is open to anyone if you you know on this path to redefining success um, with these like life changes and things you've had to adjust to, how have you readjusted that narrative in your head?
2: Yeah, so a little background. I had been asking her about relationship, the medium that I was seeing, because I also see a medium, just like I feel like a doctor goes to a doctor. I also yep. go see a medium to get insight into my life. Um, Yes, I can do it for myself, but it's hard to get my mind to quiet down sometimes when it's for me, so I go to someone else. So anyways, uh, I was asking her about relationships and my career, and um, she was tuning in and said, well, according to, like, your blueprint, which is, like, the path that you
0: sort of loosely lay out for yourself before you come into a lifetime, she's like, you're actually ahead. So sorry, can we just backtrack for a second, and this blueprint, is this something, like, before you're born that you like talk to god about or what's the situation here yes
2: okay it's like i call uh or i believe that we all come into uh our individual lifetimes to learn specific things and i call those things blueprint items they're not just experiences you can have like hundreds of experiences thousands of experiences throughout your lifetime but a blueprint item is like are like big ticket things that you want to come into this lifetime to learn so I call them blueprint items. And basically, no matter what, you can't miss it. doesn't matter what choice you make or how you live your life or whatever, you can't miss it. It's going to be presented for you. It'll continue to be presented so you can learn this lesson or learn this like thing in your life. So uh, that's kind of where I believe that you can't make any wrong decisions because what's meant for you yeah. will find you. And I agree with you on that. Yeah. So, um, for my, one of my blueprint items was about really stepping into my purpose and telling people about what I can do and who I am. And I started doing that around, like I said, I think 33 and quit my corporate job a year later at 34. Like literally a year after I started telling people I was a medium, I quit my corporate job to do this full time. That's insane how fast that went. And that's where she's like, you're actually ahead of your plan. Like you, your soul gave yourself, like if you got to this point in your life, and you had quit your job and were standing fully in your purpose you gave yourself some free time to play and like yeah. enjoy and she's like you're not actually supposed to meet your person until like next year and like you're not meant to get married wow. for like another two years or whatever and i was like oh like i'm ahead like it just yeah. totally i ne- it never crossed my mind that i was ever on time or ahead i kept feeling like comparing to others i was behind and that was the narrative that I had in my head: was I'm behind. I should be married. I should be dating. I should have kids. Like subconsciously, that's been playing in my mind for years. Not to mention I'm the oldest of four girls, and no one else is married. <laughs> so I mean, there's that too. But beside the point, that it just was playing. My so it just it really flipped the narrative for me to be like, oh my god, like. Yeah. And whether or not that's actually true, who cares? It helped me flip my narrative in my head and helped yeah. change my life where I'm not like living on the edge of my seat or feeling
0: so crappy every day. No, I totally get that and I think this is, I've talked about this before on the podcast and so for listeners tuning in online, I know you've heard me talk about this and in person, like I know my friends know a lot about this, Um, but one of my, and this goes back to, I think you probably know exactly what I'm gonna say, one of my close friends and my fundraising co-chair passed away last year, right after our second annual Sublime soirée, and I then spent the next year in fear that I would also end up, you know, like her. And it literally, it wasn't until August after the Sublime soirée, poor Cindy was exhausted. <laughs> I was exhausted and like emotionally traumatized. Um, we sat down in like the empty space and she read me and she was like, Casey's coming through and she's saying that you are not meant to end up like her. You are meant to do all these other things. and. For me, it just completely reframed my mindset. And I haven't thought like that since August, you know, and I think that's an incredible thing.
2: So. And I'm so proud of you. And I just had Thank full you. body chills, as you said that like, out loud, like full body waves of like chills, which to me means the truth. So, yeah, I'm so glad you finally got that and heard it. Thank you. Oh, I got it. Wow. So
0: proud. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning into In the Limelight. It's always so nice to bring our little community together um, for a conversation. So I hope you felt like you were in the room with us um, at Soho House. And once again, thank you to Cindy, Courtney, Kelsey, and Chris for all joining me. And I will link in um, the description where you can find them. So yeah, I hope you guys have a good December And I have a couple of um, new episodes coming up that I am pretty excited about. So yeah, just stay tuned for more. Okay, bye guys.